Hi, everybody. Hello. We're having the switch systems here. So, oh, we got to have our headsets on. <laughs> All right. So, we're back. We are back. Uh, we're glad to be here. We had some major technical difficulties. So, um, but we are here. Um, I think uh, we right now are going to cover sexual identity mm -hmm. um, issues. We we pre-recorded one for Facebook, but couldn't get it to download to Buzzsprout, so we're re-recording it. Um, and Matthew, I think I'll have you kind of lead us into that one. Mm -hmm. Um. Go for it. <laughs> okay. So, well, we, you know, we've been talking and I think part of it is just even in our, in friendships, professionally, collegially and all that. We, a lot of people have, I think, been struggling with even previous episodes of our podcast, talking about detachment, talking about not knowing ourselves, talking about, yes. you know, how to know ourselves. And a big thing that comes up is our sexual identity and how we identify um, in our identity, but also in terms of just our sexuality and in terms of mm -hmm. what's appropriate, um, sometimes thinking what's appropriate based on what others tell us is appropriate. And so a lot of what we're going to talk about today, I think, is just really giving people some pointers and some guidance in terms of, you know, really embracing their voice, embracing their ability to kind of sift through the chatter and be able to understand that they have a voice and also how they communicate with themselves. I think a lot of times um, leading up to this podcast is, you know, we don't always communicate the best with ourselves and that yes. affects our identity. It affects how we think about ourselves. It affects how you know, affectionate and intimate we are, um, you know, physically, sexually with others um, in terms of our partners, in terms of, you know, marriage, in terms of any type of arrangement that you have. I think it affects that when we're often not focused on our truer self. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that uh, that impacts that. And so for people listening, I think sometimes, you know, you go into these spots where I think sometimes and you've talked about this too, where it's like you go into these caves where you isolate yourself, not only from others, but yourself. And so then you're wondering, you know, what's wrong? What what can I do um, to connect? And at the core of it, I think a lot of people, what precludes them and kind of what a lot of people struggle with in terms of being sexual and then also just identifying with their identity they have to feel safe. Yeah. And there's this, yeah. and you know, we you use this word a lot in terms of the, the sacred space. And mm -hmm. so everyone, and we talk about that with our clients in terms of how can you create your sacred space to feel safe and to be able to talk with your, you know, loved ones, whether it's a special person, whether it's your, you know, partner, whether it's, you know, your coworkers, your friends, to be able to really understand how to start to uh, start or either continue to love yourself and like yourself and really embolden yourself to mm -hmm. kind of stretch out of the box mm -hmm. that I think so often people describe to us that they're feeling like they're in. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think what is so important is as you're exploring your sexual identity, that 
the key is to you are the one that identifies your it's your process um don't you got to kind of block out those people who want to judge or criticize you um it's important that it is about you as a whole person it's about your value it's about self love it's about what your what your attraction is about mm-hmm. um and that other people should not be defining that for you um i think it's you know you can you can be around people who are critical mm-hmm. um people who doubt you um people who question you you just have to make sure that you don't internalize that judgment that doubt that criticism that is a reflection of them that is their problem their issue and as i say that if you are a support person um for anybody in the lgbt lgbtqia community didn't miss any today um a little tired um if you are one of those people um it's it's if you are in if you are questioning the person if you are not understanding if you are judging you when you are in the presence of that person is they is they are brave enough to share with you you have to let them know that that's your problem that you were confused you are going to try to go on this journey with them and please don't have that person personalize your confusion personalize what you don't understand or your ignorance you got to let them know and for a person in the process um you need to know that there is a process for your support person if they are not just rejecting you if it's not a clear criticism judgment issue and it's more confusing that's normal too um sometimes people need to get there and it takes time um and it's the same thing with the pronouns um pronouns are very uh, uh important and so with those being important if you are a person and i do this sometimes in therapy i i tell a person that i'm going to get there and and i'm so sorry but i have to i have to program myself i have to change so please don't take my struggle if i say it wrong or i do it wrong it's not a judgment or attack against you it's i have things to learn and this is my vulnerability and i've got to figure it out but make sure you share if you are a person who messes up the pronoun you got to grab on to that and you got to say i'm so sorry i'm struggling with my pronouns um and be willing to work with them because you know most people who are going through that process their sexual identity figuring out who they are they just want you to accept them <laughs> they want you to be supportive and accept them and i don't think they're looking for somebody to be perfect with them mm-hmm. um but you do have to clarify that because for that person who's who's exploring their identity they need to know you are not judging or going to hurt them mm-hmm. and that's so important mm-hmm. um to to recognize uh and that the whole self is is in this process and so as you look at your identity 
is you look at who you are attracted to, what you are attracted to. If you are somebody who doesn't really want to or need to invest in a sexual self, and, and, and that needs to be defined, um, to just know that the key thing is that you have value, you're important, um, that you have self-respect. And if you are somebody who's looking for a relationship, that person needs to value that per- value you. That person needs to respect you. That person uh, should not be abusive, should not put down, should not be controlling. All of those things, they have good quality. Sexual identity are just as important uh, as exploring who you are. We, we've we talked about don't watch out for being objectified. Mm-hmm. You know, you you don't want to seek anything that objectifies you, that you're an object and you're not a real person. Mm -hmm. Um, Being a woman who, you know, was part of the feminist movement, who lived through, as a therapist, the AIDS epidemic. Oh, God, does that age me? Um, You know, I've had many conversations back then with very dear friends of mine from the homosexual community that I wanted to make sure they had self-respect. You know, they there were some people that I, I dealt with that did behaviors that scared the hell out of me, especially during the height of the AIDS epidemic. And I said, you know, I, I want you to have value. This is not a discriminatory statement. This is, I would do this with a heterosexual couple, a homosexual couple, a trans person, whatever it is, don't do dangerous behaviors. And at that time, there was a friend who liked to to go to the parks. And he would try to tell me his rationalization was that he needed the freedom to do whatever he wanted. And I said, I agree. You should have the freedom to explore your sexuality in a safe way that you don't pay a consequence. And that's what I'm worried about. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we were just watching so many people getting sick and, and dying back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was interesting because the whole party, I was at a party when we had this conversation and the whole room jumped into the car. Like suddenly it was this big group of people in a circle sitting, you know, talking about this openly. And I was the, <laughs> I was the only heterosexual woman at this party with just gay men, gay men, bisexual men. Um, and, uh, a couple of them said, wow, I have to work really hard to hear you. And I said, of course you do, because you've been judged, you've been discriminated against. So me saying what I'm saying, you've got to figure out, like, is she accepting me and caring or is this another way to be discriminated against? And so that's why I made sure that I said, you know, I'm getting protective here. I am worried about you. You know, we, uh, my partner in my practice at the time was a homosexual male and he decided to specialize in the AIDS community. And so, you know, he was with me at this party and, and sure, you know, we're watching people die right now. And I want you to be safe. I want you to be you and I want you to love you. And I don't want you to sell yourself short in any way with anything that could hurt you. Mm-hmm. And so if if you're in that process of exploring, I want you to know you have value, that 
there's communities that care for you and support you. Find your tribe. We say that all the time. Find your tribe. Find the people who support you. Um, and take very, very good care of yourself because you're important. And your process is normal. Yeah, I mean, I it's think... It's normal. Part of that is like the power of the pause we've talked about where it's like you allow yourself to stop and observe and really not allow the outside pressure to influence so that you can hear someone. I think there's, you know, there's a difference between active listening and hearing someone. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, I think whether you're a, a woman um, who feels discriminated against, prejudiced against, whether you're, uh, you know, a mind, uh, an ethnic uh, of ethnic origin, you feel discriminated against, LGBTQIA, you feel to be able to go into a space where you can pause for a moment and you can hear someone. And it doesn't mean that the outcome won't be that you might have to speak up if there is someone being prejudiced or discriminatory, mm -hmm. but the idea that you can hear someone and really listen and say, okay, like you said, this is coming from a place of concern. And it's also coming from a place where the person wants to help you be you. And I think for people listening, that's the biggest thing too, is like, you know, because I have clients, whether they're heterosexual, bisexual, transgender, you know, across the spectrum where, you know, how do I, how do I know, you know, what I like, or I thought I liked this. And, you know, I thought I liked doing this sexually, or I, th and, and again, really creating a safe space to not feel judged. And most, most of us know when that's happening. So I think a lot of times with the, appropriate amount of pause, you can understand and really kind of vet out and you can weed out the difference between someone judging you and someone having care and compassion yeah. for you. Yes. And I think yes. that's important to be able to understand and say, you know what, you know, even like I was uh, talking to clients and I said, um, you know, talking about sexual being, sexual identity, and there was a lot of avoidance around it, understandably, because it's something that I think a lot of us, regardless of your background and your identity and how you identify, I think a lot of us have operated based on what we've we've taken in. And so it does take a lot of work. And Mary Grace and I talk about that a lot, is that you really do have to fervently make decisions that are going to push you forward. And it's not going to be comfortable all the time. It's going to be arduous, meaning it's just hard and it's the blood, sweat, and tears, and it's the sweat equity that gets put into you being able to understand how you want to be referred to as, or how you like to be touched, or how you're going to touch, and how you're going to have the closeness and the connection, um, really under that umbrella of connection. A lot of, you know, when you think about how you're referred to, or how you refer to someone else, you know, what you're doing when you're laying down with someone or next to someone or beside someone, all of that is about the connection piece. And it's about that warmth of the connection. And I think, you know, in previous episodes, we've talked so much about the disconnection and the disassociation where a lot of this is, you know, we operate on these trauma responses lately where it's the disconnectedness because of the pandemic, because of messaging that's directly or indirectly stated. And a lot of, I mean, even female, uh, you know, clients who, have, who identify as female will tell me, you know, they'll be talking about things and I'll say, and I recently said, I said, I want you to make sure that you're not beating yourself up and you're not turning that anger against you as your against your body and against you as a woman. And it was weird because there was a cultural shift in the such in the session because it was like and they've even said they were like it it wasn't lost on me that like what I was hearing from you but I wasn't prepared to hear it from you 
and you happen to be a male. So that, you know, meant something different to me because the messaging that we get specifically, you know, with what we're supposed to be when, you know, what we're supposed to be as a female or what we're supposed to be as a gay or bisexual or transgender Mm -hmm. individual, all these things or what we're supposed to be as a male. And so a lot of this, you know, where I'll tell clients, I mean, working in the prison system where I would say, put the bravado away, put the machismo away and let's get real. Like, and a lot of times the tears came and the anger came. And like you said, good, let the tears, let the anger come, let the excitement come, let the joy come because you're going to a place that is sacred and that feels safe. When you start to be able to experience the emotions, I think that's an indication. Uh, Rather, I know it's an indication and it is evidence that you're starting to feel safer. Mm -hmm. When you can display emotions with people and even yourself, you're starting to feel safer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think back to that group that I sat in way like 30 some years ago now. And I think about the wonderful conversations that opened up Mm -hmm. and uh, that I got to be a part of it. And then I I appreciate them letting me in and kind of like, (laughs) because of course, my way into that conversation, um, because it became very concerned. Uh, But it was so interesting to see everybody, everybody eventually jumped into the conversation, which I was really glad Mm -hmm. Um, because there was some shyer, quieter men that were there. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I remembered saying at one point, gosh, you guys, does it feel funny to be, you know, having this conversation with me in the room because I am the only woman. And uh, this one guy said, well, yeah, at first I didn't trust you at all. (laughs) He said, um, but then as I forced myself to listen more and more on what you were saying, um, I wasn't so pissy with you. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I can remember this guy this day because I, I could feel him mm-hmm. on me. Uh, but it was at a very trying time and there was so much death. And uh but it it was the the person that the couple that had the party was this wonderful couple with this beautiful home in the woods and they'd been together for a long time. Um and what what was interesting to me is they sat next to me. Mm-hmm. Now my business partner was there, he kind of came in, he wondered what all the commotion was about because he was in the other room. He came in later, but these two guys sat next to me. Um, because I kept using the words integrity, self-respect, self-value. Don't let that outside world that is doing some of the vicious things that it is doing to this community, don't let them win. Um, and when you are a group that gets discriminated against, we do have to perform at certain higher standards. Um, we can't feed or give them reasoning to continue to discriminate. They're looking for any little thing to jump on. It's the same, you know, I I was speaking from my place as a woman um, and trying to be in the business world or the corporate world or, you know, getting mansplained and and not heard. And just because I was who I was, I couldn't just make a statement. It had to be redefined by some guy in the room. I mean, it's just this undervaluing and this devaluing that Mm -hmm. happens when there is some form of discrimination. And so with that, we have a certain battle Mm 
there is a battle that you have to fight. Um, and there was a huge one that was created by the AIDS epidemic. And it wasn't right. It wasn't fair. Um, but it was real. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had, a, a, you know, I think we sat there. We must have talked for four hours that night, just all hanging out and just opening up the communication, mm-hmm. I think, is so important. And that process, that very sacred sexual identity process that we all should go through, mm-hmm. which is very normal, um, is a process that deserves respect. And we don't have the right to judge another person's process. And when things are aligned with your integrity, just for people wondering, like, gosh, how do I know? I get, we get this a lot. How do we know this is working? Or how do we know what we're doing as an intervention is working? When you're aligning more with your integrity, you're going to feel calmer. Yeah. You'll feel more at ease. You're going to be less critical of yourself. The compassion is going to be more than the competition and you'll feel more relaxed because you will be surrounded by the tribe that you've created, the community you involved yourself in. And so then that really, it becomes less about finding the answer to the question mark and more about you really just exploring and looking at it from the perspective of this is an evolution. So I don't have to feel like, I'm boxing myself in and this is who I have to be for the remainder of my life. That's right. And I think that's a huge key point. Mm-hmm. I know we're getting to the end, but I just think that's a huge key point in terms of people knowing that I think some pitfalls are, well, I have to have this figured out right now. And no, there's no, and it's a process and you can revisit it and you yes. can come back to it. And you can change your mind. Mm-hmm. You can change your mind. Mm-hmm. Um I remember years ago having a person that I I was treating and she came in as a lesbian woman. She'd been in a relationship for a long time and she had a serious sexual abuse history and she started to work with her sexual abuse and then she got really freaked out. I said, what are you freaked out about? She goes, well, it's interesting because I'm looking at men differently. And I said, is that okay? And she goes, I love my partner. And I said, of course you love your partner. Just because that opened up a little bit, first of all, can mean a number of things. Mm -hmm. Just a number of things. Let it just talk to you right now. Where she ended is she was a lesbian woman. Mm -hmm. That's who she was. That didn't change her, but it scared her. Mm-hmm. And I said, the key is when something comes up that scares you, don't see it as concrete. Mm-hmm. Be flexible when you're dealing with a scary issue. Mm-hmm. That just because you feel something and you get scared, it doesn't suddenly define you. Mm-hmm. It just means pay attention mm-hmm. and it might want to tell you other things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. And when I think about young people, uh, just to mention this real quick, um, you know, I recommend you find your tribe, you find people who will support you and understand what Matthew was saying. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. This is a journey that unfolds itself over time. Don't be afraid. It is a slow step-by-step process. Find those people who hear you in a non-judgmental way, who support you. 
you can, you know, if you need Matthew and I to direct you to some good resources, you just write to us. We're on Facebook under Psyched by MG. Mm-hmm. You can email me at Mary Grace at psychedbymg.com or Matthew. And Barita, MS at gmail.com. Um, any, you know, there's a number of places, Instagram. Uh, I'm on TikTok. I don't have very many videos, but um, anywhere. We're, we're on all the major platforms. Uh, but, you know, find a supportive group. Um, you know, check on and see how long the group's been together. Uh, if you are a young person, uh, hopefully if you if you are under 18, it's a group that's led by an adult mm-hmm. um, or a good organization that's, you know, got time behind them. Um, but just know that no matter what your process is, um, you are valuable. And Matthew and I want you to know how important you are and that we respect you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kindness, um, not judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on that note, are we... We're out of time. We're, we're out of time already. Well, thank you everyone for being with us here at Psyched by MG with co-host Matthew Barita. Uh, our podcast, we have a whole library of self-help uh, based in all of our years of experience being psychotherapists in private practice. And we've worked with other organizations, too. It's good expert-driven advice. Mm-hmm. Um, please uh, hit like and hit subscribe uh, to support us. This is all this information is free. So uh, go check us out at Buzzsprout, especially our, our home podcasting uh, community. Um, but we are on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Don't let your crap control you. Take, Take control, control of your crap. crap. See ya. Bye.